Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, for th- wow, that's awesome. For those that don't know, I'm Glenn, and uh, yeah, hi. This is my beautiful wife, Debbie. Um, we've been attending Hope, New Hope, for what a couple of years now, and it's it's great to be able to call New Hope home. I am not the pastor here. I just get the opportunity and the privilege to be able to speak this morning as Pastor Dave and Melissa are on a much-deserved vacation. And we look forward them, to them being back here next week for kickoff, and they can clean up whatever mess I make. So that's awesome. Um, so this is the wrap-up to our series, the, the Paul's Missionary Journey, and it has been an incredible series. So much um, wisdom, so much life experience from Paul that we were able to, to glean from, from the many different messages uh, based on Paul's life. And uh, it's kind of cool that as we, we learn these things, as we look at them, how we can apply them to how we navigate our own journeys and our own lives. Last week we looked at, at uh, Paul's last words to the believers and how he could have said so many different things. But Paul's emphasis was on fault, like being aware and being careful of false teaching and how important it was to, to recognize that the Scripture is, is our go-to. That's what we base our faith on and how we apply that to our lives, and it's so important. And let's hold to the truth because that matters. The more we deviate from that, the messier it gets. And then the week before that, he, he brought out this idea of discipleship and how Paul set an example of how to make disciples. And, and Paul did that by, by taking people on the journey with him. And he, and he talked about this, you know, the idea of, you know, I'll do it, you watch me. You do it, I'll watch you. You know, you do it and I'll kind of give you, I'll be right here, you go ahead, you've got this. And then it's basically that point of where that other person, that, when the person becomes a disciple, that they can, they can launch out and, and be more independent and go out on their own. And that was a kind of really a cool aspect of that and then the week before that this most amazing woman brought this message about uh, and said it was it's okay to walk away unless it's not (laughs) debbie spoke so i was like i can actually say that and there's been so many great messages and so many different things that have come forth that we've had an opportunity to to hear and in, in in that idea of hearing um I feel like God's been speaking to us. I know God's been, been speaking to me. Anyone here that through this series, through the different messages, there's been something that you said, okay, yeah, that was for me, and you're hearing that, and it's like we're hearing from God, and that's, um, that's really a powerful thing. I mean, think about that for a moment. The, the creator of the universe, God, all-powerful God, would take the energy, the, the, the moment to speak to, to us, to you, to me. Like that's, to me, that's a, that's a very, very big thing. Um, he speaks to us through, through Christ, through his word, by his Holy Spirit, he speaks to us and that's pretty, pretty powerful. And in that, I wanna just pause for a moment and, and pray. God, as we look at your word today, as we have gathered and we've worshiped together, we've lifted you up, we've come together, Lord, I just pray that you would continue to speak to us this morning, that our hearts would be open to receive whatever it is that you want to download, because God, I believe that you do. And we're humbled, Lord, to think that the God of the universe would take the time 
to communicate with us. And so, Lord, I just pray that during this time that your, your presence, your spirit would be at work within me, within each of us, to help me to, to be able to communicate your, your word, your love, your truth, and help us all to receive what it is you're saying. In Jesus' name, amen. So as I say, this is the wrap-up to the series. And for context, I want to uh, just pull a verse or a couple verses from last week's uh, scripture from Acts 20 to give us some context before I dive into Acts 21. And uh, this, this, this message is scripture heavy. Like there's a lot of, of stuff coming from right, just reading it right out because Paul said it best, why not repeat what he said? So um, Acts chapter 20, verses 22 and 24, Paul speaking to, to, to his, his, the group that he was with at that time said, and now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life nothing, worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race, complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, and the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. I mean, take, take note of those words. Finish the race. Complete the task testifying to the good news of God's grace. This is Paul's, you know, this is his modem operandi here. This is his thing. He's like, finish the race, complete the task. That's journey language, right? We're talking about this journey that he's on and how we can learn from it. So let's pick it up in Acts chapter 21, and I'm going to read a, a big chunk of it here. Acts chapter 21, verses 1 to 3. And uh, it's, forgive me, because it's not up on the screens, because that's a lot of work that I didn't get done. So, but you'll just have to, um, honesty, right? But so you'll have to trust me that this comes out of the Bible and I'm going to read to you here this morning. So you can just close your eyes and focus in the others. So Paul says, or, or the writer of, of Acts, which would be Luke says, after, after we had torn ourselves away from them, that's the, the, the group there in Miletus, we, and take note of that, we, it wasn't just one person. We put out to sea and sailed straight to Kos. The next day, we went to Rhodes and from there to Patera. We found a ship crossing over to Phoenicia, went on board and set sail. After sighting Cyprus and passing to the south of it, we sailed on to Syria. We landed in Tyre where our ship, was unloaded, where un, it, our ship unloaded its cargo. We sought out the disciples there and stayed with them seven days. Through the Spirit, they urged Paul not to go on to Jerusalem. When it was time to leave, we left and continued on our way. All of them, including wives and children, accompanied us out of the city, and there on the beach we knelt to pray. After we had said goodbye to one another, we went on board ship, and, then, and they returned home. What an incredible picture. Like you, get, like, you can visualize this. It's like here is, Paul's been there, he's been hanging out, and, then, and so he's making his way down to the ship, and there they are on the beach, and they kneel down together, women, children, men, like everybody together, and they pray. We continued on our voyage from Tyre and landed in Ptolemais, where we greeted the brothers and sisters and stayed with them for a day. I see a pattern here. Leaving the next day, we reached Caesarea and stayed at the house of Philip the Evangelist and one of the seven. He had four unmarried daughters who prophesied. That was in there for all the single guys that were traveling with him, so just, you know, note to self, okay. Um, after he'd been there a number of days... A prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. Coming over to us, he took Paul's belt, 
tied his own hands and feet with it and said, the Holy Spirit says, in this way, the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt with, with uh, hand and feet and will hand him over to the Gentiles. When we heard this, we and the people were plea pleaded with Paul, don't go to Jerusalem. Pleaded with him, don't go to Jerusalem. Paul answers them, and get this, again, picture it. Man, why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I'm ready not only to go to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And when we could not dissuade him, we gave up and said, the Lord's will be done. That's an important line, too. After this, we started on our way up to Jerusalem. Some of the disciples from Caesarea accompanied us. There again, that's important. Some of the disciples from Caesarea accompanied us and brought us to the home of Nason, where we were to stay. He was a man from Cyprus and one of the early disciples. When we arrived in Jerusalem, the brothers and sisters received us warmly. The next day, Paul and the rest of us went to see James, and all the elders were present. Paul greeted them and reported in detail what God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. I'm gonna stop there because it's like, the story goes on and I'll catch up on the rest of that, but this brings me to this place of where from when we talk about this, when I read this passage, when I think about it, in the context of the overall series, there's a few things that really stood out to me as I was reading this. And I wanna share those things with you in the hopes that the way Paul approached this and what it, how it seems to have unfolded, I think there's some very important life lessons we can learn from that as we look at our own personal journeys, which we all have. First, it would seem that Paul had heard from God. And you're like, well, duh. Well, no, but that's important. Paul had heard from God. The Holy Spirit had downloaded something into Paul and it compelled him to act. It was something that was powerful enough to, to change his trajectory. And we know, we know from the account he didn't have all the details. He didn't have it all right down to the letter, but it was enough that he knew he was going to Jerusalem and that's what he needed to do. He knew he had to go. Acts 20 verses Verse 22, like I said, now compelled by the Spirit, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing that what may happen to me there. So let's think about that in our own lives. What is God saying to you? What's he saying to you maybe now? Or, or what has God spoken to you lately? And don't make it more unrealistic than it needs, than it needs to be. I'm, like, I'm not necessarily talking about a finger writing on the wall, although that has happened. I'm not necessarily talking about a speaking donkey or a miniature horse. The donkey part has happened. I'm not, I'm not talking about an audible voice from heaven saying something to you, although that has happened. I'm thinking more of that beautiful, small, still voice of God that gently breaks into our present day and connects with us in some way that we realize, we get this sense, we get this inkling, it's like, I've just heard from God. That nudge during a message that might 
you might go, oh, that was for me. Maybe it's a promise from his word as you, as you read the Bible and you, you really kind of let it sink into your heart and you think, okay, this, this was written 2,000 years ago, but man, that's speaking to me in this moment, in this journey, in this season that I'm in. And maybe it's that sense of, of calling where we carefully and humbly kind of get this idea, I get a sense that this is what God wants me to be doing in this season. And we hear from God. And whatever it is for you, whatever those things that I've said, it's that sense that the God of the universe is speaking to me. Now let that one sink in for a minute. I opened this, the service, kind of, I pulled you in here because I said, oh, how many people, God's speaking to you, right? I had all kinds of people say, yeah. <laughs> all right, guess what? If God's speaking to us, then the next step is like, so now what? So second, okay, Paul's got this sense, God's spoken to him by the Holy Spirit, different ways, he's got this, he tested what God said in Christian community. You're like, what? Where do you get that? Paul was compelled to go to Jerusalem. He knew that God was calling him to go to Jerusalem. But he, he didn't seem to make some sort of a rash solo, lone ranger, running wild, off-the-cuff kind of a thing where he's like, boom, just, just did this. Paul processed what he felt God was saying with other believers. It, it, think about the story. He didn't avoid the interaction. Even when he arrived in Jerusalem, it says that he met with the church leaders, such as James, who was likely the overall leader of the church, the Christian church in, in Jerusalem. Paul, was, Paul recognized he was part of something bigger than himself, even though what he was a part of was huge. Like Paul could have been one of these solar, solo, no, solo lone ranger. Put that all together, right? But he didn't. He, was, he recognized that he was part of something bigger than himself, and he didn't bypass the process. He embraced it. Now, this may get an amen or it may get an ouch. If your word from God won't stand up to scrutiny, then maybe you need to go back to God and hear again. Woo! And God let... No, Paul know that he was, facing, he was facing hardship. He was facing some adversity. This wasn't going to be a pleasure trip. God had shown him that this was no Mediterranean vacation, right? And so the people knew this. They, there was a sense different people he'd met with they were like pleading with him not to go, which leads me to my next observation. Paul learned something along the way that people trying to dissuade him not to go hadn't grasped yet. Paul knew something that they didn't. And we can see from Paul's example that he knew that suffering is part of the journey. We don't like that. I don't like that. But Paul somehow had learned it and embraced it. Jesus even said, in this world you will have troubles it it's just part of it can i read a bit of what paul wrote to the church in corinth so the church in corinth this group of people 
that Paul had planted a church there, and it was an amazing church with way, lots and lots of issues. But anyway, so Paul was writing to them. And I think this is a glimpse of how Paul had processed the journey and wanted to pass on what he learned the hard way. He wanted to pass it on to the church in Corinth, but ultimately to us. It trickles down and it comes to us. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and I want to start at verse 8. And this is Paul talking about life experience. This is something that he went through. He was talking firsthand. And he says, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. We're hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We're knocked down, but we get up again. No, we are knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share the death of Christ so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. We know that God, who raised the Lord Jesus, will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. So that's why we don't give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles that we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen. For the things that we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. Man, Paul can preach. Dang. Guys, we need to get past this idea that if we're suffering, that we're outside of God's plan for our lives, or that God somehow doesn't love us anymore, or that God's favor has lifted off us, or worse, that God is completely absent. We've got to get past that. Does God bless us? Absolutely at times. Yes, he does. does. Does God still heal today? Yes. There are times when God brings healing. Miraculous. Incredible. Are there, are there any real advantages to being a Christian in today's day and age? It's like, is there anything in this present time that's an advantage of being? Absolutely. But the truth is, we're not promised a life without struggle, hardship, suffering, or pain. We're promised that in Christ, it's all worth it, and that there's more to life than what meets the eye. Pastor Dave mentioned last week that uh, we have a tendency to want to be comfortable. He mentioned a lazy boy chair. It's like, yeah. But even to the detriment of being effective, we want to be comfortable even to the detriment of being affected. As some of you know, I, also, I, I like to lead worship. I get a chance to do that occasionally here, and I've, I've done it quite a bit. What you may not know is that as far as leading worship, and it's the same with preaching, for years, and Debbie will testify to this, for years, I couldn't eat 
I hardly slept before I led worship or I preached. Like, I couldn't, like, afterwards I was hungry, but beforehand, I was a wreck. I could, I just, but I felt like it was something that God wanted me, like, it was an opportunity that God had given me to do. And I'm like, all right, God, if you want me to do this. So I pushed through and did it anyway. And I guess here's the point, is that some of the most rewarding things that I have done in my life and have seen in my life required me to be uncomfortable and to push through it even when I wanted to quit or walk away. Even when it was like, God, I can't do this. And he says, well, don't try to do it on your own. Which leads me to the next point in Paul's journey. In light of eternity, we're called to push through and persevere. Right? In light of, of what the big picture, not in the moment, but in the big picture, he says, push on, persevere. Paul pushed on. I mean, he didn't hang back. He, he didn't change his plans to go to Jerusalem, even though he, he knew it was, it was fraught with challenges, big challenges. He, he knew he was most likely to be arrested. Just, I mean, just getting there. I mean, reading the story, right? So we got a ship from here to here, and then we went, and we, they unloaded cargo, so we jumped on another ship and went from here to here, and it's like, and if you read Paul's story in the entire journey, he was shipwrecked. He was beaten up. He was like, it was not an easy trip, right? He, he, everything about it was a challenge. And I think Paul's, he had to push through to get there. I mean, when you're floating on the wreckage of a ship to get to an island, and you know what I mean? It's like there was some perseverance that needed to take place. And I think Paul's outlook is summed up nicely in Philippians chapter 3. And again, I'm letting Paul speak for himself, right? I'm just, I'm reading letters that he wrote to the churches. This is his response to some of the things that have happened in his life. And he says this in, in, in Philippians chapter 3, starting at verse 10. He says, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained all this, or I've already arrived at my goal, but pressing on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I love the imagery here. But I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what's behind and straining towards what's ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I press on. I leave the path. I press on to take hold of what Christ has done for me. This journey is not easy. If someone's trying to sell you Christianity that's easy, that every day will be wonderful, question it very, very much because that's not the Christianity that we read in Scripture and that's not the Christianity that most of us have experienced. Is it, is it amazing? Yes. Is it easy? No. So as you face your journey, as you walk it out, don't give up. Press on. 
press in, lean in. And that does not mean that you act tough. That does not mean that you never let them see you sweat. That does not mean that you have it all together, that you won't have questions, that you won't get angry at God at times, that you won't get discouraged. It means that when you run out of you, you run into God. It means in the end, God is all we really have anyway. Don't give up. One last thing that stood out to me, and this one's super important. They're all important, but on your journey, don't travel alone. Don't travel alone. Paul's mo was to connect with other believers. He was he took people with him. He stopped to see people. And as much as Paul encouraged others, I believe he found encouragement and support along the way. I mean, think about this. I mean, he, he could have found a way to beeline it to Jerusalem. But he found believers basically in every port of call along the way. Every spot he could find them, it talks about him hanging out with, with believers. The whole narrative that I read today started with we. And then it talked about, you know, all of us. And it talked about him finding the believers in this place and that place and women and children. It was done in the context of he didn't do it alone. He spent time with them. They prayed for for him. He prayed for them. They went with him. He took them along the journey. Now, I would have the tendency, I'm an introvert, I'd have the tendency to want to avoid everyone and just figure out a quiet way to get to Jerusalem. (laughs) Y'all, figure it out for yourself. I'm on a mission. I'm going to do this the easy way. Like, it's that African proverb. It's like, you can go alone and go fast, or you can go with people and go far. Right? It's that sense of our Christian journey. It's like, there's no such thing as doing it solo. So let me ask you, who's with you on your missionary journey? Who is praying with you and for you, especially on the days when you struggle to pray for yourself? Trying to do it alone is a recipe for disaster. (laughs) Really a recipe for disaster. We need each other. And don't expect others to be perfect. I mean, just saying. Paul's companions, I mean, they were trying to talk him out of going to Jerusalem. But they were still with him, and they were still praying for him, and he with them. And on the flip side... Who are you walking with and praying for when they can't pray for themselves? You know, Paul would not have been Paul without those who were around him. Now we know, roll the tape ahead, back in the day when there was tape, we know that Paul makes it to Jerusalem. He gets there, greets the believers. Shortly thereafter, within a week, 
people get all fired up. A mob tries to beat him to death. He's rescued by being arrested by the Romans, put in chains, and we know that Paul ends up, read the story, but he, Paul, he ends up being arrested. He spends years in prison, various levels of incarceration and freedom and not freedom. In that time, he's in prison, right? He's in prison. What's he do? He writes to these churches that he can't actually go to and encourages them. And we have these prison letters and these different things where he's continued to encourage others. And it also talks about how people come to him and bring encouragement to him. And he still walks out the journey. And we know that eventually he will give his life for the sake of the gospel at the hands of the Romans. But he didn't do it for nothing and he knew it. 2 Timothy 4. Verse 7, Paul writing to his protege, Timothy, this son in the faith that he loved so much. And he's saying to Timothy, he's like, dude, this isn't going to end well. And he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize isn't just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. That means that includes me. That means that includes you. If you look forward to Jesus coming back, and I tell you, there are days when it's like, Lord, today would be fine with me. All who eagerly look forward to the day of his appearing. I'm going to ask the worship te team to make their way back. Here, Bonnie, have a table. <laughs> I believe that God speaks. Yeah, I'm one of those crazy people that actually believe that God finds a way to communicate with us in today's day and age. It kind of sets us apart a bit, but it's like I actually believe that. And I believe that God speaks to you. And I'm not talking about necessarily through me, but by His Holy Spirit, through His Word, God speaks. And I believe that when He speaks, He expects us to work it out in Christian community. He expects us to be part of a church. He expects us to be in a, in a hope huddle, in a group, in a, in a Bible study, in relationship with somebody, another Christian that we can have a conversation with on a level of spirituality that's maybe higher than our own. That, that he, there's that expectation, and, and it's important because I want everybody to make this journey. I mean, I'm not naive enough to think that everybody will, but... Paul was like, come on, guys. Like, let's do this. And let's face it, people. Challenges, struggles, opposition are part of the journey. We may not like it, but we need to learn to embrace it. I don't like it. I get angry at God at times. 
it's like there's t- things that I see in other people's lives and I'm like, God, that ain't fair. Do you trust me? Yes, but, do you trust me? But, yes, I help, right? But in the, when we compare it all, when we keep it in context, when we think with an eternal mindset that this is just a snapshot of a way bigger movie and then what is to come outweighs this life to such an extent that Paul says it doesn't even compare. Take your best day, your best moment, and it doesn't even begin to compare to the worst day that lies ahead. It doesn't even compare. So we determine we determine to press on. We make a decision to put one foot in front of the other. And when we fall, let's fall forward. Let's fall face first towards Jesus. And we'll be, like, we'll be around, brush each other off, say, hey, that must have hurt. <laughs> and get up, say, let's, come on. We can do this. You can do this. No, I can't. Well, let's try. The more we try to pull away, the more we probably need each other. Amen. So I want to pray. Pray for, for all of us in the context of this journey. It's God, we thank you for the journey. God, we don't always like it, but God, we thank you that we are not in this alone. We thank you, God, that you speak to us. God, and I believe you have been speaking to people here, not just this morning, but God, you continue to reveal yourself and reveal your plans and purposes and and show us things and give us promises day after day from the cradle to the grave, Lord. There's moments, there's God moments, and God, we just embrace those moments and say, God, if you've spoken, help us to work this out. God, I don't, we don't see the details. We don't have it all put together. But God, walk with us. Help us to know. And God, help us to walk well with one another. Lord, that we won't do this alone. That the more we want to push people away, God, that we'll find it somehow that, to surrender and reach out. And Lord, for those of us, like to, to be observant to people around us, to know when to reach out. Lord, that you would nudge us, and when we get that nudge, we'd send that text, we'd make that phone call, we'd visit, we'd encourage, we'd be there, sometimes just to sit down and shut up and listen. So God, just give us hearts like your hearts, a heart for God and a heart for people. And Lord, we thank you that as we press on, God, that you have a reward that you have a joy, that you have a future for us that will so surpass anything that we've experienced in this life that it's all going to make sense one day. In Jesus' name, amen.